Thank you for joining us in worship today. The service you are watching was recorded on July 2nd, 2017. We will return to live broadcast on August 6th, 2017. Good morning. Welcome to worship at First Presbyterian Church of Columbus, Georgia. We're glad that you're here to join us as we worship God by offering our prayers and singing songs and listening to scripture. Please come in with us that we may worship God together. This morning's first scripture reading is from the Old Testament, Psalms 104, verses 24 through 35. And for this reading, I am reading from a testament, a soldier's testament. This one has some age on it. This soldier's testament is 75 years old. This soldier's testament harkens back to when the liberties of our nation were indeed in jeopardy. This soldier's testament was presented July 4, 1942 by this session to my dad. Undoubtedly, this was delivered at a later date because by July, the draft board already had him and he was gone. Listen now to the word of God. O Lord, how manifold are thy works. In thy wisdom hast thou made them all. The earth is full of thy riches. So is this great and wide sea, wherein are things creeping innumerable, both small and great beasts. There go the ships, there is that Leviathan, whom thou hast made to play therein. These wait all upon thee, that thou mayest give them their meat in due season, that thou givest them they gather. Thou openest thine hand, they are filled with good. Thou hidest thy face, they are troubled. Thou takest away their breath, they die and return to their dust. Thou sendest forth thy spirit, they are created, and thou renewest the face of the earth. The glory of the Lord shall endure forever. The Lord shall rejoice in his works. He looketh on the earth and it trembleth. He touches the hills and they smoke. I will sing unto the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. My meditation of him shall be sweet. I shall be glad in the Lord. Let the sinners be consumed out of the earth and let the wicked be no more. Bless thou the Lord, O my soul. Praise ye the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading this morning comes from Paul's letter to the church at Corinth in chapter 12 of the first book. Let us listen that we may hear what God will share with us. Now there are a variety of gifts but the same spirit. There are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are a variety of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. 
To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. To another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discernment of spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by one and the same Spirit, who allots to each one individually, just as the Spirit chooses. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we are all made to drink of the one spirit. This is the word of the Lord. <clears throat> How do we know which way is up? It just sort of happens, right? You go to sleep at night, you wake up in the morning, you know which way's up, right? You fall asleep in a chair. I'm not saying anybody does that in here. But you know when you wake up that you're sitting up. You're not lying down or you're not on the floor. There's a, a word for that that I learned this week called proprioception. Kind of cool. Proprioception. It, it's the ability of the body to understand how it is oriented in space to the rest of the world. So we, are, we know which way is up by this sense that our body has somewhere in the brain and in our chemistry and in our cells and all that stuff, somehow we know which way, is, which way is up. There are ways in which we use that same sense in our larger community. Our nation, for example, July 4th. This is, the July 4th holiday is what you would call a national high holy day. I mean, it's, it's, it's it. And we have, um, we even have a text for that, that we celebrate the 241st birthday of our nation, uh, anniversary of, of its birth, and 242nd anniversary of the U.S. Army. Um, yes, I see some nod, heads nodding out there. Um, but we, the Declaration of Independence is a, is a, a if you want to think of it this way, it's a kind of uh, text for our national um, organization. It's not the government. It doesn't lay out the way the government is organized, but it lays out how we know as a nation which way is up from the very beginning. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain and alienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Basic core values that we will use in, in our common conversation and cited innumerable times over the next week that we are together. You will use them. I would encourage you to think about the times you end up saying them in conversation or in other ways this week. But it wasn't only about defining those rights or speaking those words 
when you read the Declaration of Independence, there is some other, there are some other things as well that are there that are quite stark. To secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, men meaning the plurality of humankind, among humankind deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Those are revolutionary words. They were revolutionary in 1776, and they remain as provocative today as at any point. But there is a word of caution that was written into those words by Thomas Jefferson and the other authors. Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light or transient reasons. There is the cause there, acknowledgement that there is a revolutionary spirit among us, and there is also an acknowledgement that sometimes we need to be prudent in what we, the directions we go. These words are part of our sense of knowing which way is up. These words give us a sense of proprioception for our nation and our ability to be at work in the world. It is powerful, and it is something that we need to ponder as citizens of our country. The words of the Declaration of Independence, though, are not are not religious texts in the same way that we look to the Bible as a text. They were influenced and they were created by a long history of thought and, and action and, no doubt, Christianity. But specifically, the words of the Declaration of Independence are words for our government and our, our nation. And understanding what is the same and what is different in those two is important. This week, as we gather to worship, we are continuing to think about the Christian's toolbox. What are the things that we as Christians use as tools for helping us form our faith? And where, where, what helps us understand which way is up for today? We've been looking at the Apostles' Creed, and we'll conclude that today, but next week and the weeks to come, there'll be the Lord's Prayer, the Ten Commandments, and the Beatitudes. All of these things help us understand which way is up in terms of being a Christian and what that follows. The third article of the Apostles' Creed covers the Holy Spirit, and it covers a lot of territory. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. There is a broad sweep. And all of it may be said to be connected to that first phrase, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit blows through us and in us. The Holy Spirit is really what helps us understand which way is up as we live the Christian life.
When Jesus met with the Pharisee Nicodemus, as is shared in John 3, Jesus said, What is born of the flesh is flesh. What is born of the Spirit is spirit. You must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. But Nicodemus was confused. Often the Spirit is described as a wind. We see the effects of the wind as it blows across a field. We see it there, but we don't see the wind. We see the effects of the wind after it's blown through a tree or maybe blown a tree over, but we don't see the wind itself, only the effect. Likewise, Paul described the work of the Spirit as being seen through the image of the body. Pastor Edward Marquardt put some of it this way from 1 Corinthians 12. There is one Spirit, but a variety of gifts. There is one Lord, but a variety of ways that people serve. There is one God and Father, but a variety of ways that people work for the kingdom. And then the modern-day pastor put it this way. He wrote, God gives different gifts to different people, some a passion for peace, others a passion for political freedom, some a passion for life and its sacredness, others a passion for forgiveness and mercy, some a passion for a more closed interpretation of the Bible, others a passion for a more open interpretation of the Bible, some a passion for evangelism, others a passion for justice. For just as the human body is unified, whole, composed of millions of different parts, so it is with Christ and the body. Our human bodies, we know, are composed of lots of different things. I've, I've seen some statistics about that, and I didn't, I didn't fact check these, but it's amazing. 60 million cells are in the body. 36 million heartbeats a year happen in a body, in your body and in mine. 300 billion red cells are produced every day. 60,000 miles of blood vessels are found in a body. And each one of us, 60,000 miles of blood vessels. So how do we know which way is up? How does the body have a sense of proprioception? It's there within the, the mass, the biological protoplasm that we have that we call humanity. And yet <clears throat> there is more. And in our spiritual lives and in our church lives, there are ways of sensing which way we see is up through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, through the ways in which the Holy Spirit works in us and around us. Paul wrote to the church in Galatia this very famous verse, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. If you see those things, you will see the testimony of the power of the Spirit that is at work. 
very often we want to, in the church and, and in life, we want to say, well, love is really the most important thing. Paul did write to the Corinthians, three things remain, faith, hope, and the greatest of these is love. We know that. But there is more to love than simply being the greatest. There is a way in which that comes together. Love cannot exist without faith and hope. Love is part of that whole larger process. It is part of that proprioception to help us understand which way is up. God is love, 1 John 4 says. God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. Love has been perfected among us that we may have boldness on the day of judgment because as he is, so we are in the world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. We love because God first loved us. Those who say, I love God, but hate their brothers or sisters are liars. For those who do not love a brother or a sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. The commandment we have from God is this. Those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. Love, we, we, we have this expansive thing, and yet it also requires faith and hope. It also requires the power of the Spirit to blow in us and to hold us up. And so when we come to that third chapter, third stanza of the Apostles' Creed, which we will say in just a few minutes, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. When we say those things, we are saying more than those words. We are saying that the way in which we know which way is up is by leaning into these things and, and more than simply intellectually comprehending them, we struggle and we, we hold on to them so that they will provide us with that sense. We, so when we wake up from our sleeps, we will know how we stand up. We are not alone. We have companionship and we have community. And this community is not just made up of those of us who are here right now. This community is broad and expansive, and we call it the church. It exists over time and over space. C.S. Lewis wrote a delightful book called The Screwtape Letters. I would commend it to you heartily. And the premise of the book is, it is these are letters that are written by one screw tape. And he is an agent of Satan. No kidding. He's an agent of the devil. And his job is to nurture his nephew named Wormwood, who's, jo who's, new, who's new, to the, new to the service. And his, um, his role, Wormwood's role, is to make sure that a Christian goes to hell. That's it. It's a delightful little story. And so you're getting it sort of from the other side. And Screwtape writes to Wormwood and tells him that to make sure that this 
Christian does not see the church the way that Satan sees the church. Because Satan sees the church spread across all time and space and rooted in eternity, terrible as an army with banners. That's how Satan sees the church. It's not just us. It's all time and all space, all Christian believers that are surrounding us, not only those who have filled this room, but those who filled all of the other places where Christians worship. And not only those of us who are here now and those who are, of us who are here present, but those of us who will be in the future. That's the church. That's the community to which we are part. And it is amazing and powerful. And indeed, it can move the world. This is the church, the Spirit helps know which way is up. And sometimes there are challenges within that. So which way do we go? How do we set ourselves up? And we do. We do. We do that by coming back together and being part of each other. Next week in this room, we're going to celebrate communion. And communion is a way of us remembering that we are Together, Jesus celebrated this sacrament with his disciples. It was the last Passover meal, and so we are continuing on that process. But it is more. It is a proclamation that more than simply being fed, we are nourished. We are sustained. We are provided for by God's Holy Spirit that allows us to be at work in the world. The Spirit works in us and convinces us of the things that we need to be aware of, those things that we have done wrong and those times and places when we have been, had wrong done to us. And it says to us, learn to ask for forgiveness for the things you have done that are wrong and to extend forgiveness to those people who have wronged you. We would not do that by ourselves. We need the Holy Spirit to be at work and convince us of it. And finally, the Holy Spirit is the one who calls us into the memory of what hope is to be. The resurrection of Jesus is the great, is the great holy day of our faith. But it is not just a day that we will celebrate and anticipate on the other side of human life. The power of the resurrection begins now. It begins with us. It is a testimony that life is, that the power of life extends beyond not only death, but extends beyond the circumstances we can imagine now. The words we use to affirm this, speak across time and space. We grasp them in our own way. Our comprehension of them waxes and wanes and, and we struggle with all of the things that are amazed there. It is not simply an intellectual phenomenon. It is part of our spiritual proprioception, our ability to understand what is, how we stand up in the world, how we move in the world, how we are oriented to the world. And we do that so that God's Holy Spirit 
is known and so that we know it as well. The work of the Holy Spirit is how we understand which way is up. Thanks be to God. Amen. It's been a privilege to join you this day in worship. We're glad that you were here. First Presbyterian Church seeks to serve and minister in the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord be kind and gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor. Go in peace as you love and serve God.